All right. Okay. So, hey, again, good afternoon to you. Uh, we are absolutely delighted to be here this afternoon. My name is Akwesi Sapo, and uh, she is. I'm Philip Igu. Hello. Uh, so we are journalists with uh, BBC Minute, uh, which is a, a youth news program and a part of uh, the BBC World Service. And like I said, we are very happy to be here with you this afternoon. Yeah, we've come all the way from London in England to talk to you today about innovation in radio news and particularly the challenges of meeting uh, young audiences. So. How do we engage with and interact with young audiences and keep them interested in news or without patronizing them, basically? So that's here what we're here to talk to you about today. And, and, and the reason uh, we do this is because at the BBC World Service, we realize that we need to continue uh, innovating to remain uh, relevant to our audiences. Um, for a very long time, the BBC World Service has been uh, a generational uh, uh, broadcaster. So we had uh, older uh, demographics of people listening to us. And in order for us to remain relevant, continue remaining relevant, uh, we needed to find a way to engage and connect with young people. Uh, and that is why we took up this challenge. Uh, and also based on the fact that our research shows, as you can see from uh, this map, um, our research shows that specifically with the continent of Africa, it has the youngest population of people under the age of 18. And the color coding just lays it all out. Uh, across the world, um, Okay, what's happening here? There we go. Across the world, uh, the young population is increasing. Uh, the greater population of uh, the greater number of the world's population is under the age of 40, and we need to engage with that audience. Uh, our research also shows us. Uh, you know, it all lays it out. Philip, do you want to take this up? Yeah, the, the global youth is changing. So young people aren't the same as they were uh, as maybe their parents' generation or their grandparents' generation. All the young people in the room will know that Young people have the world at their fingertips. Most of us have a smartphone in our pocket. If you want to find something out, you just Google it. So young people are different. They're changing. They're not the same as they were. And this is where uh, we come in because news has to change to keep with the times. Um, otherwise, it's at risk of falling behind. You know, young people, they travel a lot more. Many told us they have friends in different countries. Um, and they just feel more connected to the world as a whole. So, we've done a lot of research about why it is important uh, to engage with young people. Um, and for us, one of the things we found from our research is that the maximum attention span for young people is 12 seconds. 12 seconds. That's not a lot of time to capture someone's attention and then keep their attention. Um, and the reason being, as you know, young people have things to do. They're in university. They've got, you know, schoolwork to hand in. They've got CVs to write. They've got a side hustle to go to. They've got filters to put on Snapchat. Um, so there's so much going on in their world, and you have just a very short or small window to be able to engage with them, uh, telling them what is in the news. So they're slightly impatient. Uh, so how do you produce content that actually connects with young people? Um, They've said to us, they want to hear from real people, with emotion, with personality. We've heard from Ali in the United States who says, we want more emotion, we want more personality in news and current affairs. You should think about how to make a report that makes my generation 
riled up and want to take action. Yes. So this is feedback we got from Ali in the USA. And this is where young people have a voice now. We all have uh, social media platforms and that is our voice. So young people want to be heard and they want to speak. And so that's where uh, maybe 10, 20 years ago when people would just listen to the news and then get on with their day. Now young people want to engage with it and interact with it and have their say about the news and also um, make calls to action. So what are young people interested in? Contrary to popular opinion, young people are actually interested in international news. Okay, so this is jumping around a bit. But yes, they are interested in international news. Um, and so again, this is what our research shows us. This is from the global, BBC Global Minds um, core user panel. People under the age of 18 make up 61% of the demographic who tell us that their first interest actually is in international news. We can break it down further. This is what they are interested in. Business, health, science. They want to know what Elon Musk is up to with his SpaceX. Uh, they want to know what uh, the space agency, NASA, is doing next, which other planet they are going to. And also, um, inspire me type stories. Young people want to be inspired. They want to hear about ordinary people, but also they want to hear about extraordinary people and what they are doing. Um, and people are interested in sports. And then when you go all the way to the bottom here, um, uh, again, contrary to the perception that young people are all about the celebrity gossip, actually that is at the bottom rung of the ladder in terms of what their interests are. Uh, so, in summary, what you want to do is to stay on top and be in the know. That is what young people are telling us. They want to be a part of a, a conversation, Philippa. Yeah, and they want to find news of a high standard and get the truth. So when we talk about uh, truth, we know that with smartphones and social media and the rise of the internet has unfortunately come become uh we we also get with that fake news so that's what the bbc has been working really hard on one of the things the bbc has been working really hard on in the recent years is to tackle this fake news so we've worked uh in india and kenya and different countries where fake news has a really high uh there's a problem of fake news and to work to raise awareness of that and see uh ways that we can tackle that a lot of the, it also, also goes viral on social media, as you well know. So I'll use just a, a quick example of work we did with the, uh, the BBC Africa Investigates program. Uh, so you would remember the uh, Cameroon. Uh, just recently, uh, videos went viral of um, state-sponsored or government troops uh, beating up people in villages in the part of the country which is English-speaking. And, and a lot of uh, uh, the scenes in those videos of soldiers beating up people in those villages uh, couldn't be verified. We couldn't even tell whether they actually happened in Cameroon. So that is where the Africa Investigates team actually comes in, uh, because then again, we're dealing with the whole notion of fake news over there. So what they did was to use open source data, Google Maps, to be able to match some of uh, the scenes we see in those viral videos, to match it with um, actual pictures of some of these villages, the paths that these soldiers used, the, the uniforms they were, they were wearing, the, the standard issue uh, given by the Cameroonian uh, state to their soldiers, and to match it against some of the pictures we see in these videos to be able to establish for a fact that these were incidents that really happened, who the soldiers were, and where they actually happened. And this is just using op open source data to be able to sift facts from fiction. Until that had been done, the, the Cameroonian government actually dismissed it as fake news. 
But once we had established all of this and broadcast it, they didn't have a choice but to admit that they, uh, their soldiers had actually been involved in some of these, these actions. And that um, documentary went on to, to win uh, a Peabody. And journalism like that, high-impact journalism like that, actually resonates with young audiences uh, from what we find. But also, this is where uh, the BBC Minute comes in. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about uh, the fact that young people are different and uh, the, or, or, you know, they're changing and things aren't the same as they were maybe 10, 20 years ago. Um, but let's have a little look at what young audiences want then. They want to be able to be inspired and have new relevant stories that are important to them. They want more accessible news. So this comes down to the tone and the style of how you deliver news. So we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. And also useful and easy to find news. So as we said, the world is at our fingertips with mobile phones. So you've got to make it easy for people to access news. Gone are the days where you would just hear the news at, at the top of the hour and then it would be gone. That's not the case anymore. Uh, news is ever reachable whenever you want it. Um, and, and just to summarize what the BBC Minute is. Uh, so again, we are the World Services English Youth Brand. Uh, we make 60-second radio bulletins for young people. It goes out every 30 minutes. So every 30 minutes, we get up from our desk and go to the studio to broadcast uh, the, the BBC Minute in 60 seconds. Now I say to myself, I don't even need to put my Fitbit on my cat anymore because I get enough exercise walking to the studio and back to my desk every 30 minutes. Uh, in total, we are on 33 commercial uh, music radio stations in 19 different countries. We started small. The success is evident in the fact that we are growing. Uh, so we are in countries, including South Africa. Anybody heard us on YFM, maybe? Yeah, That's we're right. getting a few nods from over there. We've got partner stations in um, Hong Kong, Egypt, Dubai, Pakistan. We're trialing uh, digital platform-only bulletins in India. We've just got a new station in the Philippines. So we're reaching millions and millions of people. Uh, we do hard news. It's not all fluff. We do hard news. But not as you know it. Our listeners say to us, it is the BBC, but it's not like the BBC. So uh, we use a lot of color. Uh, we put young faces at the heart of our storytelling. And, you know, we, we go against the grain of what uh, the BBC uh, uh, does. But the bottom line for everything we do is that we stick to the core values of journalism, which is the BBC values of impartiality, of balance of accuracy because we need to maintain trust with our audiences. So if you think about our bulletins, this is how we approach. We come in in the morning and you, if you're an editor or a news editor, you're probably thinking, okay, so if everybody in the world is talking about Beyonce performing at Coachella or Stormzy being the first black man to headline Glastonbury Festival, if that is what the world is talking about, that leads our bulletin. So we've kind of taken the traditional sense of news where you'd have your top story, you'd have a few stories in the middle, and then you'd have, and finally, Beyonce is performing at Coachella. And we've completely flipped that on its head. And if everybody's talking about Beyonce or Stormzy or whoever that might be, they're at the top of our bulletin. So it's a bit of a shift in mindset. And probably some people are thinking, mm, you can't do that. How does that work? But it does work. And that's what we do at BBC Minute. Yeah, and if it's uh, DJ Black Coffee headlining at Ibiza, and the whole uh, world is talking about it because it is a global trend. 
in that particular moment, in real time, we will start the bulletin with it, and then we shall have uh, the traditional news stories about uh, conflict in Syria or, or what I talked about from Cameroon or corruption in Nigeria or uh, the Gupta hearings in South Africa also in the bulletin. But the way we do it so that it is not jarring on your ear is that uh, we treat that story which traditional news media otherwise would have ended the bulletin with, as in, and now some entertainment. Uh, we treat that story as a proper news story. So again, we are applying the rules of journalism in the treatment and the telling of that story. We also use an appropriate uh, music bed under the bulletin, um, and then we sort of break it up with, again, appropriate things. So we start with a, you know, a happy, very energetic story about Coachella or DJ Black Coffee or Stormzy at uh, Glastonbury Festival. And then we have to talk about uh, the conflict in Syria. And so Sting breaks it up. And it's also, we talk a bit more about it in the tone, the way we deliver that particular story uh, about Egypt. Um, one of the other ways that we also reach young audiences is through our Instagram account. So we'll talk a little bit more about that soon. But we launched our Instagram account in March 2018. Uh, we've now got just over 50,000 followers. Uh, but we'll come back to that soon. So um, we talk about that second point where we talk about tone and style. And... This is where the fact that we double-head our bulletins come in. So there's two presenters reading one news bulletin, and that just means that we can uh, be personality-driven, we can bounce off each other, we ask each other questions. If a story shocks us or surprises us or is sad and horrible, we'll say, oh, I'll say, Akwesi, I saw this story this morning that really shocked me, or we'll say, God, you're never going to believe this. Wow, this story. And so it's just having that real interaction and it just makes us human and just uh, we're just normal people, just like our listeners. We're not some highbrow BBC folk reading the news from London. You know, we are just real people and we're having a conversation with our audience. Um, and you also want to talk about the diversity of the team adding up to uh, the tone of the bulletins. That yeah, so this is kind of our team. Aquasi didn't quite make the group photo that day. Uh, but we've got people from all over the world to represent the countries that we're broadcasting in. 50% uh, of our team are under 30, except this guy here. No offense. 50% are women. Age is nothing but a number, they say. <laughs> they say. He's our granddad. Uh, we speak about 10 languages between us. So um, we've got people from Ghana, Pakistan, India, Kenya, South America, America, the UK. So people, Syria, people from all over the world. So we truly are reflective of our audience. And the thing is, um, we also you know, lay emphasis on uh, personality-driven bulletins, double-headed, so we interact, we bounce off each other, uh, and the whole idea is to make the tone of our bulletins accessible. Uh, it, as Philippa says, it shows that we are also human. Uh, the third point is for the content that you're broadcasting or you're giving the audience to be, uh, to be useful and easy to find. Uh, and, and that's what people tell us about the BBC Minute, that you know, they can... I don't know if you easily. can read that, but it says, you know, I don't know, BBC Minute makes the news interesting. The BBC Minute bulletins are always lit. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, you know, you, don't, you know you're doing it right when you mention on BBC Minute. So these are the kind, this is the kind of feedback that we're getting from young people on social media. 
is that they, they can relate to us. It is in the, it's in the way we write the bulletins, it's the way we present them as well, the high energy with which we do it. And in terms of being easy to find, you know, you can find us on radio stations all over the world, as I said, on 33 uh, commercial music stations worldwide. Um, but we also wanted to make it easier and more accessible. So now we're also going out on, uh, on smart speakers. So, you know, it's on demand. Uh, we're on Alexa, on Spotify, on Apple, on... Tune in, Google. And this is that uh, on-demand thing that people want, that young people want. So I can just say, Alexa, play me the news, and she plays BBC Minute. So you don't even have to wait every half an hour. You can get it whenever you want. And that's about being more accessible and in-demand because that's what young people want now. They, they don't want to wait around because they don't have to. You know, if you want food, you just order it on Uber Eats and it's with you in a minute. And that's how we're seeing uh, young people's... It, it's not just food or ordering something on Amazon and having it delivered the next day. They want it in all aspects of their lives. Right, okay. Enough of the talk. Let's do a show and tell. What does it sound like? Uh, okay. I so this bulletin is actually a bulletin from this morning. The team back in London sent it to us. So this is, is today's news that you're hearing. Okay, sit as I can find uh, those. Yeah, here we go. So Told you he's a granddad. He can't <laughs> even work this. <laughs> I think I do need help. Yeah, there we go. It's Nikki and Shivani with your BBC Minute. Guess what the global trends are still dominated by? Football! Yeah, Brazil have beaten arch rivals Argentina to make the copper. Help. Oh, uh, okay, all right. Uh, Philippa, help, SOS. <laughs> Here we go. Let's do a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. Just a minute, we'll bring it up. Too far ahead. Hold on. Sorry. It's Nikki and Shivani with your BBC Minute. Guess what? The global trends are still dominated by football. Yeah, Brazil have beaten arch rivals Argentina to make the Copa America final once again. It means Lionel Messi won't win a major tournament for his country. South Africa and Tunisia fans breathing a sigh of relief. They've both sneaked into the last 16 at the Africa Cup of Nations. Yeah, looking at the knockout. Okay. Well, you get the idea. So that's the kind of news that we're delivering. It's fast. It's pacey. Uh, the, I don't know about you, but to me, they don't sound like they're reading a news bulletin. But it's amazing what you can fit in a minute and what you can learn in a minute. Uh, the, the last story in that 60-second bulletin we really wanted to hear about because it's an interesting story from South Africa. Um, a South African who has walked all the way uh, to Egypt to watch Bafana Bafana play. And now he's stuck. He doesn't know how he's going to come back <laughs> to South Africa. But it's, again, it's just the way the story is treated. That makes it so much fun. Uh, so um, it's a shame we can't listen to all of that because this is mucking about. But as you heard there... Uh, we are the BBC, so the trust that people have in the BBC, but not as you know it. Uh, and, and again, we've been hearing from our listeners who tell us you know, how they feel uh, about uh, the fact that this is the only BBC news that they can interact with as young people. So it's refreshing to see an actual national news source. Uh, okay, that's me and my <laughs> wife on holiday. It wasn't meant to be there. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, talking about this, we truly are making progress. We had no idea what was going on until I saw this post. So that's in reference to our Instagram uh, page. We, Philippa will talk a bit more about that in, in detail. Uh, in fact, we should be talking about that now. I think How we you should. reach that, young people. That is one of the other ways that we reach young people. So it's not just through our radio bulletins. We also have an Instagram account, um, which, as I say, has over 50,000 followers. But that only just happened. So I'll tell you a bit of a story. Um, 
Of course, Instagram didn't exist 10 years ago. That wasn't a thing. But now it's such a powerful marketing tool and it's free. So I definitely would urge... Uh, anybody listening to this to just get on board with the gram it's where the people are at facebook is gone see you later bye it's it's not all about facebook anymore it's all about instagram so recently we did a post about sudan and the situation in sudan and this came about because we started getting some messages to our instagram account saying bbc minute what is happening in sudan it's all going on i don't understand can you try and break this down for us and we saw a bit of a gap in the market um in that while big news organizations were covering the situation in Sudan, they weren't necessarily covering it for young audiences and they weren't covering it very well. So we tapped into this market and we put together a post on our Instagram page breaking down the situation in Sudan. So we just took everything back to basics. We got a BBC journalist who's from Sudan, has spent a lot of time there covering uh, the political unrest there. And we just got him to explain the situation. We just used some clever... Uh, use of text and color and images to get some information out there and also we found uh, a girl who was in Sudan who sent us uh, a voice note from there we just did a bit of photoshop put it onto a you know made it look cute and then we posted it and we couldn't believe the response that we had it was crazy talking about the response uh, so up until recently uh, that Instagram page had just about uh, 10,000 followers uh, after doing the Sudan explainer within the space of two days, 48 hours, drum roll, we had 50,000 followers. Yeah. So it tells you the hunger for breaking down the global news stories in a way that young people find accessible. Uh, and one of the c other clever things that we did, or one of the great things that also happened to us is uh, someone reaching out to us who you, you deployed and also helped multiply um, yeah, that and story. And that's just proof that Instagram isn't just an, a, a tool for sharing information, it's also a tool for gathering information. So I talked about the, the girl that sent us the voice note who was in Sudan. There was an internet blackout. It was nearly impossible to get uh, information from Sudan and to get people to speak to you but we managed to find this girl she sent us a voice note through Instagram and so it's not just for sharing information it's for gathering information and for having a conversation with your 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 audiences that's what the young audiences are on every morning when I wake up I would probably say the first thing that I check is my Instagram um, and we did with the Sudan explainer what we did was invited people to ask us questions so we said um if there's anything you don't know or, or if you don't understand or if you have any questions about the situation in sudan write them down below and we'll answer them for you so we started having this conversation with with our followers and we got our expert journalists to answer these different questions and that generated a conversation and built the engagement and that's why the post reached so many people um at this point uh Time is not our best ally right now, so I need to re-emphasize the thing about Instagram to complement what we do on the radio side is Instagram is not just uh, a news sharing tool. It, it, we have found it also to be a news gathering tool. Uh, so uh, people send us, well, people slide into our DMs. So, you know, it's, it's not just for love. It's also for <laughs> sourcing leads or news stories that we can actually follow up on because um, our audiences, our listeners, uh, our listeners on the radio and our audiences on, on socials or Instagram are actually also very interested 
uh, in that. So on the back of our BBC ID card, the, uh, there's a writing that says audiences are at the heart of what we do. And so if, if audiences are at the heart of what we do, that means we should be listening uh, to what the audiences are telling us in terms of the stories they want to hear. Uh, and so um, Natasha is uh, in Australia. Uh, she's working on a project basically using uh, a covert network uh, uh, to uh, provide support or help domestic abuse victims using uh, Instagram in Australia. Uh, now, the subject of domestic abuse uh, is relevant not just to people in Australia or that region. It has global resonance as well. Uh, so what we did was to follow up when she, sent a, when she sent us a message on Instagram and the DMs to ask more questions about what she was doing, uh, what the impact was, what stories she was hearing. Uh, and then we followed up using our own principles of journalism to verify what she was telling us, talking to multiple sources, cross-checking, as I said. Uh, and then as a result of which, we were able to produce a multimedia story uh, uh, which sat on uh, the BBC News website as well as uh, we produced a story for BBC Stories and then of course on our BBC Minute uh, Instagram page as well and again the, the following and, and the response uh, for this post was phenomenal uh, and so you find that we have found that this approach of news gathering also works for us in terms of being able to connect with um, young people. Uh, and talking about uh, videos that we have produced that have been high impact, uh, following from our audiences reaching out to us, this is one of such stories, Philippa. Yeah, I think this, um, this is one of those uh, inspiring stories that young people want. And this reached about 11 million people. We'll see if we can play it, but who knows with the tech uh, if it will. So we'll give it a shot. Okay. I really need to figure out how this is. I can't, I can't get my head around it. I'll help the yeah, granddad. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> to the rescue. Oh, dear. Uh, okay. I wish we could play them our bulletins. That's such a shame. Yeah. Phil, talk. Try Entertain that. the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why is this happening? Here we go. Let's see if we can get this played for you. There. Once the water hit my face, all I thought about was my, my beauty, my beauty's gone. A couple of years ago, hot water exploded on my face from a pressure cooker. It, I, all I could do was cry. My love for makeup grew. All I cared about was what is the latest thing that can cover this scar? People make comments like, oh, Halloween started early. I know how I feel when I'm at home, or when I have my down days, but I want to look as good as my friends. And I was able to do that because of makeup. I was able to feel confident and take pictures and post pictures on my social media because of makeup. I look lovely, I look amazing, my skin looks healthy. No matter what you're going through, you can do whatever you want. No matter what is thrown at you, you can be who you want to be. BBC Minute. So that's an example of one of the kind of human interest stories that we tell on BBC Minute. We're not just a radio platform or a social media platform. We also have video journalists around the world. So we have uh, a video journalist in London. We have one in Lagos and we have one in South America who make these videos um, for us. And that's the kind of content that young people want. They want to be inspired and uplifted and to hear real people and real stories. 
one of the things we've also found that works, well, actually, we mentioned already, is the question about tone. Uh, and I just want to cite an example again from West Africa. I'm from Ghana, so I like to cite a lot of these examples as well, just to show how things have worked. So um, across West Africa, there's a language. It is, it is English, but we call it broken English. It's pidgin, spoken in Nigeria, Sierra Leone, Ghana, uh, all across the, the, the sub-region, but for a very long time. And it's spoken by young people in university. They feel cool, they feel hip. Uh, and it's also the street lingo. For a very long time, um, or well, up until recently, no international broadcaster really was uh, producing content or engaging with that uh, group of people across the sub-region. So what the BBC decided to do was to actually go into that space and begin uh, to produce content news and BBC Pigeon Minute bulletins. Uh, and it has also done very well. So now people, young people, find that they can follow global news events uh, because it is being told to them in Pidgin language. There are people in Nigeria who up until now uh, probably didn't know what was going on in neighboring countries in, in Ghana or Sierra Leone and so on and so forth. But the BBC Pigeon makes it uh, possible for them to engage with that kind of content and their conversations around that as well. So once you're able to tailor channels or products that resonate with young people naturally, they gravitate towards you. Yeah, and I think our main message today really is um, when our boss came up with this idea four years ago, oh, let's do news in 60 seconds and take over the world, the BBC big bosses who were the people that needed to put the money behind this project and commission this, they were like, really? That's not going to work. You can't fit news into 60 seconds. You know, that, it's not going to work. But they started it and they gave it a shot. And now we are reaching millions and millions of people around the world. Our partner station in the Philippines has 16,000 listeners. That's just one station. And we go out on 33 stations. So this really is huge. But it's, we're not doing anything particularly special that you can't do in your own newsrooms. And we're, so, not, and we're not saying throughout what you've been doing uh, today or next week. All we're saying is we've tried some of this uh, and it has worked. So gradually you find out what works for your market, what works for your audience, and see whether if you flip the bulletins, that would work for you. That is if your key market is meant to be uh, younger people. Uh, and so these are just, uh, this is just a guidance of what you can do that would work because it has worked for us. Uh, your takeaway from this session, how to reach young audiences, they're looking for solutions. They want you know, stories that are concise because they don't have the time to listen to 30-minute news programs. Um, short, sharp, they want personal stories. Um, they want to be inspired. They want to interact with you. Um, uh, and they want you to be like them, speak their, their language. And the attitude to it with which you, you, you come to them, being personality-driven as well counts. And then the tone. Uh, and just generally have a, con a conversation. Um, we're, if you listen to um, the BBC World Service as you know it, uh, sometimes the newsreaders sound like an, an old English gentleman in a top hat uh, speaking into a microphone. Uh, young people, that doesn't work for them. They want bulletins written or stories written in a way that is not stuffy, it's conversational. Use your language, that works. And so these are 
tips that have actually worked for us and we thought we'd share them with you as well yeah and you can do it too you can just make small changes in the just i was saying i think i was saying to uh, somebody yesterday um who says um oh on the, the mercury's reading two degrees celsius today the merc that is such a bizarre thing to say you would never be like oh aquasi the mercury's reading two degrees celsius you'd just be like it's bloody cold and it's two degrees celsius so just thinking about the language that you use and just taking small steps um today or tomorrow we're not saying as a crazy said do a 60 second bulletin we're just saying and um, just think about the language that you use and and how and how you come across because i feel genuinely passionately about the fact that um if news organizations don't start to move with the times you're going to lose young people and and it's going to fall well, behind yeah if you, if you if you lose them basically you're stuck in a in a time warp you become a fossil you're irre irrelevant uh i think we have six minutes to go um question, any questions we'll be happy to address them if we can exhaust the time or if we exhaust the time we'll be happy to talk to you afterwards we have to have them all on the Professor mic, Kruger. So can we potentially take all the questions and then hand over because we've only got one mic um hi thanks very much um that's yeah, really interesting. I, I'm wondering whether um, the, this kind of consumption of very quick, short, sharp news, which is obviously geared for breaking news, right? Things happen. Somebody arrived, there's a war, whatever. Um, how it articulates, if at all, with uh, young people's need, I think, still to discuss things at more length. Do they go somewhere else? Is that on what? Where is that? Uh, or is it just completely absent? It, it is not. So um, that happens on our Instagram pages. So what we do is to cross-promote what we're doing on radio as well as what is happening on Instagram. So a chunk of the conversations we've had, for example, we told you about the Sudan story. Um, I think we can't show that to you. Uh, there was a massive conversation about what was happening in Sudan and why the world appeared to be silent about it and concerned about the fact and concerns that the international media wasn't dedicating as much time to covering the Sudan uh, uh, conflict as much as they did with uh, 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 what had happened in uh, the terrorist attack in, in Paris, for example. Uh, and so there was a big conversation on our social page and we have a moderator uh, assigned to it to engage with audiences in, in that space. And so the audience is not left to hang after having been told uh, uh, the, 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 that big story. But it's not just about breaking stories. We're able to move stories forward as well in terms of the language that we use. So for example, we'll say, uh, remember that incident that we told you about yesterday? Well, now this is the latest on it, and this is the reason why it is important to you. Uh, and this is why we are telling you about this story. Uh, and so we are able to move the conversation forward with regards to the story that we've been telling our audiences, and then again move it to our Instagram page where we're able to have these conversations with them. I just wanted to find out how much information do you leave out to ensure that you get all the important points across in 60 seconds? And secondly, how, how reliable are the sources that you normally would get when gathering news off of platforms such as Instagram? This is just based on the fact that many a times it can be a subjective point of view. Thanks. Um, so we put five stories in every bulletin. Thank you. 
Uh, we put five stories in every bulletin. Um, and yeah, it's hard to cut them down. It's an art and it's something that we've had to learn and practice. And it's a craft, but it's amazing what you can fit in 60 seconds. So we, each story has three sentences. So there's five stories, each with three sentences. So um, even some traditional news would, be, would also be three sentences. So we're still fitting a lot of information in there, but we're cutting out irrelevant words, and we're cutting out information that's just not necessary jargon, long titles, um, all that kind of jargony stuff. It's gone. It does not belong in the minute. And because we, we, we have the advantage of going, uh, going on every 30, every 30 minutes as well, uh, whatever bit of information that is relevant that would have left out in the previous bulletin goes into the next. So we're constantly updating and giving more information as the day goes on. But the most important thing we try to do with each bulletin with, every, with a particular story is to give you everything you need to know in that 12 seconds and everything you need to know right now, happening in the world right now in 60 seconds. And to answer your question about Instagram, yeah, no, it's, it's true and it's a challenge. Uh, people can message you whatever they want, whatever they want, how do we know it's true? So for example, with the domestic abuse um, victim uh, that we told you about, there was a lot of editorial issues there, but that's where our BBC editorial guidelines are still, still stand firm and they're still at the core of everything that we do. And so, we spent, there was hours and hours spent on the phone to lawyers and legaling things and getting evidence that she genuine, they, these people genuinely were domestic abuse survivors. And we had, and how we did that was contact, reached out to her family and friends and they vouched for her and all these different steps that we took to ensure that this wasn't just somebody who DM'd us and said, oh, I, I'm a domestic abuse victim. We had to take steps to verify that. Um, and that's really truly at, still at the core of everything that we do at BBC Minute even though it feels a bit woo you know but it's not there's a lot of work and a lot of depth that goes into these things the Sudan explainer a lot of hours were spent fact checking and speaking to experts speaking to people on the ground it wasn't how just pardon? how many how many days how many weeks I think take? I worked on that post for about three days um so that's six however many eight times Eight times three, whatever that is, 24 hours. So it really does take a lot of time to do these things, even though they seem so snapshot. Does that answer your question? So, so basically the same rules apply. The same done. rules apply. I think we're done. Check, cross-check, and cross-check again. We're, we're around. Please come and speak to us and find us. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>